0: Howdy, you're listening to the Texas A&M RUF podcast. Hope you enjoyed the talk. Howdy. Howdy. Woo. Love it. Uh, hey, uh, my name is William Bondurant, uh campus minister here for RUF. If I haven't met you yet, I'd love to, uh, yeah, just a special welcome to all new folks here. Um, we really do just to echo what we've already said, we want to be a place for, for the convinced, for the unconvinced, everyone in between, people that love Jesus and have loved Him for a long time, people that are kind of kicking the tires of this Christianity thing and trying to figure it out. So um, we're glad you're here. Also, just a quick word, because I realized as I, whatever, designed all this stuff, um, we didn't, We said you can register for Paul con. didn't tell you how, so here's how to register for Paul con. Um, if you go to our Instagram page, Aggie RUF, uh, and click on the link in the bio, you have got a little link tree thing, and you will find a nice aesthetically pleasing button to press, and it'll take you there. Um, and I just also want to say, um, if you kind of look at the sticker price and you're like, oh man, that's a lot. Um, one thing I would encourage you, maybe talk to your folks about it. If they can't help, whatever your situation, we never want money. We never want money to come in between you and coming to a conference. So um, you can talk to me about that. I'd love to talk to you about that. We have a lot of really generous churches and really generous families and donors that give a lot of money because they want you to come to our conferences and hang out and hear uh, God's Word preach. So um, so please talk about that. We'll be pushing fall pond the next couple of weeks and the Bible studies and Freshman Bible study and all of the above. So you'll hear a lot more about it. But if you got any questions, let to talk about it. So um, yeah, so it's, it is it's fall. It, today is literally the first day of fall. If you didn't know, if um, you don't keep track of the seasons, um, my daughter Lillian made sure to tell me today that it was the first day of fall. So who's who's had the pumpkin spice latte already this season? Yes, all the all the basic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I actually have. Is that surprising, Matt? Like, it does. Yeah, I have it. I love basic white girl stuff. It was good. It's so good. There's a, reason. There's a reason they like it so much. It's good. Um, so, yeah, anyway, and, and, is, is sweater weather? we got it going on. Um, so we are, if you're kind of joining us um, for the first time, we have been working our way slowly but surely through the first part of the book of Genesis, which is the very first book. Of the whole Bible, um, and the reason we're doing that is because the book of Genesis it actually lays some just solid foundations for like a Christian worldview. Really, kind of answering questions of like, hey, who is God? What is He like? What's the world like? What are we like as human beings? How did we get here? How did all of this get here, and why is it like that? And um, This evening, we are going to look at the potentially famous, for a lot of you, a Cain and Abel story. We're actually going to look at the first part of that story this week, and the second part next week. Uh, But one of the interesting things, and, and what we're going to focus in on, is that this is actually the very first place in the Bible. We've already seen kind of sin in action. This is the first time the word sin actually Gets used, and you know I think in our culture, whether you grow up in church or not, there's some you have some sense like sin, or you've heard of that. You know it's kind of a bad thing, um, but maybe you don't still really know exactly what that means. What does the Bible what do Christians actually mean? They talk about sin. Uh, likewise, you might have grown up in church your whole life, but still kind of have this vague. Amorphous idea of what it is. So um, we're, let's pray real quick and then we're going to look at our passage and we'll dig in to that. So let's pray. Lord, this is your word. Um, it's a word about origins, where we came from, why we are the way we are. And I think it can be easy to read some of these Old Testament stories and you know, just kind of think about the people like they're. Cartoon characters, um, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see just, like, the, the real historical account here. Um, and, just ha- and, like, not just doing that for some kind of, you know, whatever, argument say about, like, this really happened kind of thing. But that we would see that it's real because we need to understand how real, like, sin is in our life. That we would actually see ourselves and our real lives and our real issues in the lives um, of these people that we're reading about. And so I pray that you would have your word jump off the page and into our hearts. And it's In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Alright, Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portion. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Grass, withers, flower, fades. The word of our Lord um, will abide forever. Amen. Um, have any of y'all ever heard or seen uh, the Bible Project videos? If you haven't, I- I'd highly recommend it to you. Uh, they're just beautifully well done, like very artistically well done videos that might track across a particular theme of the Bible or explain like the, the narrative of a particular book. Um, really great. But anyway, I remember watching one. This one came out. I mean, this is years ago now. Um, and it it's, the video started in the Garden of Eden. It uh, explains how the serpent, like we looked at last week, um, stuck a lie in Adam and Eve's hearts. And that lie was that God, hey, does God really love you? Is He really for you? I think He's holding out on you. Of course, believing that lie then produced the very first sin, which was disobeying God, eating of the forbidden fruit. And, um, and from then on, that lie wraps itself around the hearts of all humanity and produces all, all the evil and miserable stuff in the world. And, and so, anyway, as the video is kind of explaining this, the way they depict it is it, um, it kind of like x ray visions the heart of people like Cain, of people like Noah even David, in the aftermath of their sin. And the animation, that x-ray, it shows their heart, and it shows the snake, Satan, kind of like a boa constrictor uh, wrapped around their heart, right? Like a, you know, a, a predator killing its prey. And I think that's such a helpful image for us this morning, because it's kind of the image That the biblical text uses to describe like sin, like a wild animal hiding, crouching at your door, waiting for you to come out to to destroy you. Um, And right, so that's that is kind of the idea. That's what this story is trying to get across to us. What is sin? Sin. It is this thing inside of us. It's this nature in us. As much as sin is like the bad things we do, or the, or the you know, good things we fail to do. like that, That's true. But where does that come from? That comes from sin being this inner force on our insides that controls us, that wants to have its way with us, and principally, it wants to drag us away from God. Um, right? And, and the reality is, because I don't want this to get lost in translation, as much as I'm saying, it is this thing in us, like, it is us. It's part of our nature, right? Sin is less the things we do and more like the, the nature we have, um, what we're like, okay? So again, so sin is not this passive thing in our life. It's not this thing out there. It is in us. It is us, and it's active, and it's trying to drag us away. It's trying to devour us, destroy us. Um, okay, and so now I kind of want to, as we unpack that idea a little bit, I want us to think about what does it look like to not let that happen, right? To, to fight against that, to not let sin drag us away, destroy us. Um, so I got, I, this is very rare, y'all. I don't uh, often get all my points to start with the same letter. So, uh, so here you go, treat. Um, we, must, we must rely, we must repent, we must rule. So if you're a note-taking type, Talking about relying, repenting, and then ruling. So, first, we must rely. So, look back with me, verse 3. We read, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought to the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portion. So, both brothers engage in a, a religious ritual before God um, with, with the fruit of their individual labor. Uh, right and but we see that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering he had no regard so the question is what's the difference then what's the difference between these two men's religion um, well let's think about it in two simple ways how to rely and how not to rely so how to rely how not to rely so first how how to rely we're told that the religious offering of Abel uh, that found acceptance with the Lord it was right, the, the whole sheep, and the fat offerings, all of the above right, but, but why? People will kind of equivocate over that give reasons, some people will be like, well because he offered the best of what he had or because it was actually like a blood sacrifice, and there's probably something um, to some of that, but we actually get a little uh, cheat code in the New Testament uh, Hebrews Chapter 11, verse 4 actually tells us why Abel's offering was accepted. It says that Abel was accepted by God because of his faith. Because of his faith. In other words, Abel was accepted by God not, not because of what he did, not because of the sacrifice he made, but because he relied on God for that acceptance. Right? He wasn't trusting in himself and what he could give to God rather than just who God is and what he gave to him. Um, and you know, like kind of, I kind of want to push into that a little further. Because even though, I, I don't know that there really was a qualitative difference between the sheep or the grains or whatever. I mean, because we see later in the Old Testament they grain sacrifices and offerings are you know, a normal thing. Uh, but I don't think it's a coincidence that as God plays out his story through the lives of these men. That it was the sacrificial offering of a lamb that ends up being the one that He uh, has regard for. Because there is just no image in all of Scripture that pictures the substitutionary death of Jesus quite like a lamb. We looked at that a little bit last week, right? From Revelation, behold, the lamb slain um, for... God's people. Um, John the Baptist, the way he identifies Jesus, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, who does what? He is going to take away the sin of the world. He's going to be the Lamb that is slaughtered, so my people it don't have to be. Um, and right, and so then there's a question like, well, how, how would Abel have tapped into that? Well, I think the answer is simple. Um, that promise we looked at last week of. Um, of God coming to you and saying, "You know, like, yeah, this sin is bad. The curse, like, this world's going to be jacked up now. But I'm actually going to put enmity between you and Satan. I'm going to, and like, your offspring and his offspring. So, like, those that follow me, and those that follow the snake and Satan, there's going to be an irreconcilable war that comes about and." At some point in time, there's going to be one of your children, Eve. He is going to crush the head of the snake. And in turn, he's going to be crushed too. He's going to die in the course of that. And I think Eve talked about that promise a lot with her boys. I think Abel believed it. Um, right? Abel trusted in that beautiful promise of the lamb that would have come one day to be slain. Um, Okay, so that's how to rely. Now in Cain, we see how not to rely. Again, verse 5 For Cain and his offering, God had no regard. Um, so we know Abel's offering was in faith, so we can come to the easy conclusion that Cain's offer was in unfaith, non faith, unbelief. Um, in other words, Cain was relying on something else. Other than God's promise to him, he was relying on himself, um, and I think that this poses us with an incredibly unique Christian truth. Is this? It's that it is impo- that it is possible for someone to, by all outward appearances, be like a super holy Christian, good person, check all the right boxes. Do all the right things, right? Be a, a good religious person and still be absolutely simple, right? To still be absolutely trapped in sin's jaws, right? Because if you're doing all that good stuff, all the good things, all the box checking, it's all good, but you are doing it for you. Right, you're doing it to present yourself to God and say, "God, like, look how good and holy I am." To that, God says, "I don't have regard for that." Right, the only people I accept are not those that earn it before me, but that trust in what I'm going to earn for you. Um, so that's my question: Where's where's your reliance? What do you trust in? Are you convinced that the reason why God accepts you is because, like? Whatever, you never miss church, or you go a lot, or you went once this month. You know, that's good enough for something. Are you convinced the reason why God accepts you is, like, because unlike the, you know, people out there, I, like, I live by God's commands, and I have regard for what God says is true and good. Um, God says, like, that could be like nothing more. Than you just being locked in sin's jaws. Um, look, like we we need to realize, we gotta embrace that like you could be the most upstanding, respected member of the community, loved by all, um, and absolutely rejected by God. Absolutely rejected by God. Um, right? Praise for man feels good, but if being a respectable man or woman is the only motivation for your works and what you're doing then ultimately your goodness is just for you. And it's just another way really to reject God because you're saying I don't need you because I got me. I can be my own savior. I can be my own God. But we've got to like Abel rely not on us, but on the blood of Jesus, right? The Lamb slain for us. That is how we're acceptable before God. Okay, so rely. Second, repent. Another kind of bible word. word. Um, what's that Mean. Um, well, let's kind of dig in a little bit. So verse five says that for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Um, so because of Cain's self reliance, he found himself in a place actually opposed to God. Um, and this is just like a perfect picture of exactly what all mankind looks like in in their sin. It's just picture. Though in Hebrew, the way it describes it is like. His his face is darkened, like his face is just absolutely turned away from heaven. Cause it's down. He's just like you can imagine, like a toddler, just like pouting, angry. Um, and that's yeah. us. Right, that's us and our sin, um, just like and just doubling down on it. Um, I kind of want to like describe a like a scenario a little bit. Um, d- does this sound somewhat familiar? Um, so person who has had incredible opportunity oh man they get into an amazing university like Texas A&M University right all these other people that were in high school with me couldn't get in I got it Um, you know amazing classes like maybe, maybe I'm even I'm having to work my way through college I'm having to pay for it like that's kind of hard but like the that's even been provided because I've got a job or I've got student uh, loans coming my way. It's kind of like opportunity and goodness. I'm being handed stuff. I'm working, but like even my work is just all this like giftedness that I've been handed, right? Like you didn't make yourself smart, like you were, you came out that way, or or you had opportunities where people um, helped you cultivate that in incredible ways. or like, I got in this organization, I got in that organization. But still at the end of the day when someone's like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? You're like, uh, Like, claps, I, I hate it. And like, tests. And like, I'm so busy. And I'm so, like, everything is just overwhelming and bad and hard and I'm going to complain. Is that where your heart is? Like, what is that if not just like looking sheer gift and goodness and all these things that God and other people have like handed you and just like taking that like double down, fist down, toddler, like, grumpy. This isn't enough. Give me more. All right? Sound familiar? I Sounds familiar to me. I like that a lot. Um, and y'all like that. That, that is sin. And we have to repent. We have to turn away from that. How can we... What does that look like? Look, God does not leave Cain there in that pouting position. Verse 6, God comes to him saying, Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? So God comes to Cain in his temper tantrum and he gently, like gently, kindly, yet so firmly... Asks him to repent. That word, repent, all that means is to like turn from something to something else. Turn away from this, turn back to me, and you will absolutely be accepted. i oh, take turn away from that, turn back to me, and it's all good. Um, so I do. I told y'all I have I have three little girls. I remember uh, when our oldest, Lillian, uh, started to um, you know walk. Um, A little bit and got tall enough where she could reach up on the counter. I remember uh, I was like doing something in the living room. I walked in and uh, she was in the kitchen. I heard some like jingling around. I walked in and she had like grabbed like not just a you know a butter knife but like a giant kitchen like cleaver. And was just like holding it out like this and just kind of doing toddler stuff. It was one of those like like, what? no, nah, you know, and like, how like, how am I gonna, because it's like, is she getting a knife fight with me? Like, what's gonna happen? And we like, you know, and like, but like, they yelled at her, and she, like, got upset, started crying, and, you know, like, I, I just don't want you to stab yourself um, in your face. And, uh, and that's like what raising kids is, is, uh, is that right there. And there's just like so many moments for us as like parents where we have to stand in opposition to our kids, and they don't understand it, and they don't like it, and they cry, and um. But like, why are we? Did I do that because I hated my daughter, or did I do that because I love her more than anything? Right? Does God stand in opposition to you on things because He doesn't like you, or because? Is crazy about you. Like um, right? God comes after us in our defiance in the same ways, and look, y'all, it's just—it's just true. It's just going to be true because if we have sinful, inward bent, if God's good, that's true, there are just always going to be places in the Bible in Christianity that you're going to encounter that like you're not going to like that you feel like like no, that's wrong that can't be true, that can't be right. Like, it's just going to be true. And so I don't know if it's like sexual ethic of the Bible, which you feel like is maybe just ludicrous, and in this modern age, there's just no way that that's even going to be a possibility. Or maybe um, it's the command to, like, honor the political authorities that God has, you know, instilled in our country. And you're like, I hate that guy. And God says, I want you to honor him. And love him. Right? For us to stay in defiance against what God actually wants for us, like, we don't win. We don't win in that opposition. The only thing that wins is is sin. Sin wins. Sin gets to devour us. Sin gets to have its way with us. And God is coming to us and saying, like, I know this isn't your natural gift. Of course it's not true. You're fallen. You're broken. But I want you to turn to me, so that you can have health, so you can have life, so that you can be full, so that you would live, so that you would not die. Because God loves us. He hates sin and loves us. Okay. So third thing. All right. Sin wants to devour us, so we must rely. We must repent. And lastly, we must rule. Um, Verse 7, God says, And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Um, Again, what does God mean when he talks about sin crouching at the door? um, And its desire is for you. Again, it's an imagery of like a wild animal trying to sneak up on somebody and get them. Um, But what that is symbolizing is the the door. What is the door? The door is is, your life. It's you. It's your person. Like sin is crouching at you. Sin is part of us. And it's just this corruption in our in our whole person. The the traditional like, theological term for that is original sin. Maybe you've heard that. Right? It's it's part of our DNA, if you will, of all humanity. It's a hungry wild animal. Um and wants to separate us from God and destroy us. And it wants to destroy us in our reason in our willpower, in our affections, the things that we love. Everything about our life is crouching at the door. Um, Okay, but God says you needn't be destroyed. You can actually rule over this. You know how you can rule over it? You can rule over it by relying and repenting. The first things we talked about, right? That's what breaks the back of sin's power. Remember that it's Cain's faith in his own abilities that has him right in sin's clutches. You and I will never be able to just willpower ourselves out of sin's clutches. We can't do that. Because it it is even wrapped around willpower. We need someone else's power to rule. And that's Jesus' power. That's the true king. Um, Karen Armstrong, she... Uh, was a former nun, um, actually turned to atheist, who spent her career as like a history of religions stock. And most of her studies, uh, she kind of zeroed in on the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, uh, kind of as this key thing for forming compassionate people. Um, and, and here's how she ended up talking about it, is here's what the golden rule does. The golden rule makes people take themselves off the throne of their lives and all things, and put someone else up on there. Um, and I think that's exactly right. But she doesn't quite go far enough. Um, because I think the only way to really rule over ourself in the right way is to take ourself off the throne and to let Jesus sit on Himself, um, You know, I think in our, again, if you're new here, we know everybody's come from the same you know, church or theological background, or maybe no church background at all. Um, but we're Reformed University Fellowship. I, in a lot of Reformed circles, um, I think we talk about indwelling sin and, and sin, the reality of our brokenness, a lot. I think we have a pretty good on paper grasp of, of that. Idea, Um, but sometimes I wonder if we really do get it like deep down, all the way into our bones, into everyday life. Um, Like, do you treat your sin kind of like just a weird roommate? You know, he's awkward, she's awkward. You don't really like to bring it around your friend, so you you don't really do that. but you're actually kind of okay with living with them. Yeah, like, they're weird, but, like, I don't know, they're not that bad. I mean, we can play video games together and stuff. Um, you know, they'll watch Bachelor with me. Um, right? God is saying here, like, your sin isn't just a weird person. It's, it's a monster that is trying to undo you. And you need a new roommate to move in with you. Um Right, beloved, if Jesus is not king over all of you, if he doesn't move in with you in all of your life, like not just king over your Sunday, not just king over, like when it's culturally appropriate to look like a good, nice person, uh, but king over all of you, how you work, how you date, how you spend your money. If he's not king, sin's going to be king. But when Jesus rules you, you're all over sin. Um, all right, let me let me close with this. Uh, one one of my friends, big game hunter, like hunted in Africa, and he's got zebras and water buffaloes all over his house. Um, he he went to the Chicago Field Museum and he saw there uh, the on display the Savo, it's called the Tsavo man eating. Lions. If you've ever watched the movie, what's the name of that movie? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, close, close, close. Yeah, it's called like Demons in the Dark or Night of the Dark or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a movie about these lions. Ghosts in the Darkness. What? Ghosts in the Darkness. Ghosts in the Darkness. Yes, thank I you. Had a good job yeah. It's the, it's the sequel to Mad <laughs> um, uh, So these, these two, the Sava man-eating lions. They were these lions that they, uh, as a bunch of men were working on creating the Kenya Ugandan Railway. These lions would just would just kill people. And like like they weren't killing them for food. They would literally just like kill them and like leave their dead bodies there. Like they were just and science still doesn't really understand like that behavior. Um, but they literally killed like 135 workers on this thing and. Um, My friend, because he he knew about them, and so when he saw them, he was like, you know, it's kind of interesting. Because when you look at their little, I'm I'm realizing this is now the second taxidermy illustration I've used. That's (laughs) um, that's okay. Um, Taxidermy, we Talk about kids and stuff. Um, So uh, these lines, but they were all like, they kind of scraggly like, they didn't even have names. They were male lions, but they didn't even have names. They are just kind of small and, and scraggly-looking. Um, they didn't look like fearsome killing machines. Right? They, they didn't look like much. But that's not true, right? 135 people killed by these little scraggly things that don't look like much. Um, right. Sin wants to devour you. One of its greatest weapons is for you to think that it doesn't look like much. That it's not that powerful. It's not that dangerous. But sometimes it even disguises itself as being good and religious. We've got to rule over it. We rule over it by resting not in ourselves, but in Jesus. Turning to Him, looking to our King who died so that sin would not devour you so that it would be devoured in his sacrificial love. Thank Jesus for that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, just thank you for, like, just this. I, I realize, like, it's not always like, yay, sweet, I'm glad that I spent time this Wednesday evening just talking about sin and sin and, like, how bad and dangerous Like, I know that that is probably not what we would all naturally sign up for. But Lord, I, I pray that as we just looked at the passage where we had to kind of stare long and hard at the dark. That the brightness of your good news, that you love sinners, that you cover people that are afflicted with sin with salvation, and like, it's done. That even as we struggle to fight our sin, that you've actually already won the battle. And I pray that that good news um, would lift us up, and the good news that you are our good King who shed His blood for us—that would make us love you more, and it would just make us hate our sin all the more and see it for what it is. And Lord, we uh, pray that you would kick us off our thrones, and you would sit down squarely on it. It's your name we pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas a m Ruf Podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.